2: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Welcome into Talk of Champions Recruiting. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bill on Twitter. He's Zach Barry, at Zach underscore Barry. Both right for the Ole Spirit, Ole Miss Spirit.com and Affiliative on 3. Hey, buddy, what's up?
1: Good morning. What a weekend.
2: What a weekend. Yes. Except that the Eagles are now in the Super Bowl, so my worst nightmares come true again. Go Birds. I love A.J. Brown. Like, I'm conflicted. I love A.J. Brown. He's probably my favorite Ole Miss Rebel ever. However, he plays for the team in the NFL that I hate the most.
1: Oh, That's so, right, because you're, you're a Cowboys fan.
2: Yeah, so what do I do? And before you roll your eyes, Ole Miss fan, I've been a Cowboys fan since I can remember, like three. My uncle taught me to be a Cowboys fan, so I don't want to hear it. I'm not a Lakers fan, any Yankees fan. And also, no one signs up for this, all right? The Cowboys have been miserable for 27 years, have not made the conference championship game in 27 years. So most of my adult life, when I'm old enough to actually appreciate my team's winnings, like the Braves winning the the World Series, I haven't gotten to with Cowboys because they've sucked. So I don't want to hear it. Tell me what to do. I guess go for the Chiefs. I wanted Joe Burrow to get in there because Joe Burrow is the best in Mike Hilton. I wanted him to get in there because Mike Hilton is one of my favorite Rebels ever. But yet I'm, I'm left with the shitty Eagles and the Chiefs. As much as I love the Chiefs, I don't know. It's kind of a played out story, I guess.
1: I don't know what it is. I actually have like two of my best friends are diehard Chiefs fans. And they're like legit. Pre-Mahomes. Like one is 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 born and raised in the Midwest, grew up a Chiefs fan. The other is a Tennessee fan that became a Chiefs fan when they drafted Eric Berry. So it's not like a bandwagon thing. And you know, hey, I'm glad their team made it to the Super Bowl. But I just don't know what it is. They are just not
2: that likable anymore. So I don't get is that because like of the culture of sports these days? Like we don't maybe, reward maybe? greatness. We don't reward greatness anymore. We get tired of greatness. We become very negative towards greatness. Like I think it is nothing Patrick Mahomes has done. He's just been awesome. He's a nice guy, and he's handled his interviews well. He's done everything the right way, like everybody wants him to do. But because he's so good, and Tony Romo is drooling all over his nuts during a game, saying, "Oh, only Patrick Mahomes can do this." It's like a resentment gets gets built up online on Twitter or wherever about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes just because they win. We don't reward good behavior anymore. That's the funny thing about 2023. Like, we should be celebrating this. I mean, if, if Tom Brady was back in the Super Bowl, oh my God. He would be slobbering all over his nuts. And Patrick's only That's, won one.
1: I yeah, it's it's not that I dislike. I'm pretty, I'm pretty just like middle of the road with him. Like I don't I don't love him. Like I certainly acknowledge that he's incredibly talented and good at what he does. Um I don't know. There's just something. I, maybe I was just wanting the Bengals to win. I like Joe Burrow. They're fun. Like Jamar Chase is phenomenal. Um, but here's the know, thing. Joe Mike Burrow, Hilton if you, if plays for flip, him.
2: If you flip the script, if you flip the roles and put Joe Burrow with the Chiefs where Patrick Mahomes has been for the last however many years, and he won his Super Bowl, and Tony Romo was all over his nuts, and all the Joe Cool stuff became not fun online but became like Patrick Mahomes making ridiculous plays, and they go, oh, only Patrick Mahomes, what a wizard. If that was Joe Burrow, you'd feel the same way. We don't reward success in 2023. We resent it.
1: I just think if it's not your team, and and now, granted, I'm not a huge NFL guy. Yeah, see, like, that's not- I, I, I cheer for the Titans, but I also, when they got rid of A.J. Brown, not even because he was an old Miss guy, it was just stupid. And John Robinson got fired. He got canned because he was always trying to do the smartest person in the room thing and not just do the obvious take the most talented guy thing. Um, So, yeah, it's a little. I'm sure Titans fans everywhere are just like slamming their head into a door because A.J. Brown just had a phenomenal year and the Titans don't have any receivers. And it's like, well. I guess when you have a generational talent at a skill position that is a franchise player for you, you got to get rid of him, right, Ben? So, I mean, that's, but even before that, I was just kind of a, you know, "Eh, if it's convenient, I'll turn it on and I'll watch, you know, you're a dad. Sundays are busy when you're a dad. Like that's when you get a lot of stuff done. You got to prep for the week. So you're busy. You got to, you know, herd all these kids around and you got to, stay on schedule with, you know, mine are younger than yours. So it's a little more imperative for me to stay on schedule, but yeah, I'm not a huge Titans fan, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's just like, well, my team's not in it. So I hate this team. Um, so I
2: don't know, but well, if you had told me back in 2008 that culturally with NFL football, we were going to have quote chiefs fatigue, I'd have been like, there's no such thing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, Larry Johnson was a fun story. I remember what, Elvis Gerbach? Joe Montana spent his last years after the 49ers the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame career with the Chiefs. The Chiefs were an also ran. They were just a team. They were the Jacksonville Jaguars before the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Dexter, it, Dexter was there. He he made some he he had yeah. some viral moments. I but mean, the he was... point. The
2: point is this, it's like that we've gotten Chiefs fatigue says so more about the culture in 2023 than it does how successful they've been in the likability of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I want them to win because I hate the Eagles. My problem comes in the form of – I freaking love A.J. Brown, man. I love A.J. Brown. And, look, I have three teams in my life, truly three teams. The Cowboys, the Braves, and Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a professional relationship more than anything these days. But, still, those are the teams. Those are the teams. And the Braves won a World Series. But I think I've learned that – we as sports fans, like they reached the pinnacle. They did the thing that we always wanted them to do, and so my relationship with the Braves have changed. Like I, I don't follow them as closely as I used to. I'm not plugged into the winter meetings in the offseason, season, for example, right? But the problem is, is I, I'm trying to decide whether that's because the Cowboys are my team of teams, or if that's just what we do. If Ole Miss won a title, it's not like all of Ole Miss's problems would go away. And my brother mentioned this to me not too like a couple days ago, actually. And I think I missed the pain. Like I'm glad the Cowboys lost the (laughs) divisional round because it gives me purpose for sports. When they actually accomplish the goal, then what do you do with yourself? Go win it again.
1: Yeah. Now that's the Braves thing, right? Like oh, cool, you got all the division title banners.
2: But, like, nobody cares about that. Like, you got to get there and you got to win it. And well, I did because that's all you could cling to. It's, it's with Ole Miss <laughs> and the SEC West Championship banner that everybody makes fun of. It's just Co- the Co-champs. same thing. Yeah, Coach Hamps, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, the same thing. Yeah,
1: maybe it's just social media and how everyone is just so online all the time and, like, every single tiny little thing is scrutinized and, And put up there for everybody to see. So it's like, you know, Travis Kelsey does one little thing that somebody hates and then everybody just globs onto it. And it's just in the ether, just constant, just crap that's just thrown around. And, you know, I probably think that Mahomes gets a lot of shit because of the antics of his brother. And which is
2: just stupid.
1: I mean, yeah, but. Here's a great – this is a great uh, – and here's why I say this, okay? I'll, well, here, let me draw a parallel for you because right. it happened the other night, and it's okay. And it's driving me nuts. Is the, like, family members or, like, the entourage or people that are close to these athletes that can cause a negative – that can, like, put a negative light on them even though the actual athlete's not doing anything. John Morant's a perfect example. His dad needs
0: awesome.
1: to – it's terrible. Stop acting like a child. He's not acting like a child. He's
2: supporting his kid. His kid's at no, NBA point. No. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. All right? No. Uh, no yeah. Did you not see what yes. he did
1: yesterday? No, I didn't. Literally nothing happened. It was just basic trash talk during a free throw. Nothing happened. It was just some jawing, and then a couple guys crowded around John Morant, and I can't remember who the other guy was, and there was no scuffle, nothing. And then... T. Morant starts trying to come on the court. yeah, And, like, officials are like, dude, sit down. Like, nothing's even happening. Like, you're looking like an idiot. Like, this isn't... The looking like an idiot I don't care about, Zach. Here's the thing.
0: This isn't middle school
1: basketball. Your son is a grown man playing in the NBA. Stop acting like... A, a moron and trying to live vicariously through your son, who is an NBA superstar, just sit there and just, just hang out,
2: watch the game. Like, see, but you're putting some like you're assuming something negatively about that saying, Oh, stop trying to live vicariously through your son. What if it's just, he really is proud and supporting the heck out of his son. Like I am sympathetic <laughs> to that. And here's why I say this. All right. So Riley is six and she's the youngest on her traveling hotshots, gymnastics, cheerleading team. And they had their first competition at the Bancorp South center not this Saturday, but last Saturday, and I am an obnoxious dad. All right, and it's not because I'm trying to like get people to pay attention to me or you know be the story. No, I just love watching my kids perform. I get hyped. So when she hits like a backhand, like a back, she can't do a back handspring yet. But when she does the back bend or back bend crossover, right, and she nails that, I lose my shit because I'm proud of my kid. Who cares? Like, like at the end of the no, day, that's perfectly fine. But that's what T. Moran's doing. Just like, ratcheted no, up to 11. He's trying to
1: like fist fight people to defend his son's honor when his son is an adult. Yes, there
2: is. There is a happy medium. Like, the point relax. is this why do people hate the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies haven't won shit. And I see it all the time. The Grizzlies, they're always talking about how corny the Grizzlies are. Oh, because they're confident and they're the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies. And everybody's told the Memphis Grizzlies since they came to Memphis from Vancouver, hey, you can only be like, this is what your place is in the NBA. You're an also-ran. You're you're not even an also-ran. You're a nothing. You're just a team to fill out the quota, man. So you just know your role. And finally, a Memphis team that wants to be in Memphis, like the grit-and-grind team with Mark Gasol and Mike Conley and Tony Allen, this team embraces Memphis and embraces the culture and embraces owning their spot. It's the same thing with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. He didn't want to go to Cincinnati. I mean, he's probably one of the greatest outside of Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Those are the only two that have an argument. He's probably the greatest quarterback to come out of college. What in the modern era? He didn't want to go to the Bengals. Yeah. He wants to go like it's like Eli didn't want to go to the Chargers, so he found his way to go to New York and go to the Giants. <laughs> yeah. And no one begrudges Eli that. No one says, "Oh, Eli's a drama queen" or whatever. Or Archie, well, who who now, orchestrated that? Archie, but no one says anything. Like here oh, that's we the, go. That's the first family full of football. circle. That's the Dad's first family being, of football. Like, I don't care. I, I've Come got on, one dude. simple like, The point is the point I'm trying to
1: get I want my kid going to San Diego. I want is... him
2: to go something. Like, just no. Okay, but this is all I need, all right, because I'm conflicted. I'm going to a Super Bowl party, and if I didn't have an allegiance to the Cowboys, I would get an A.J. Brown jersey and wear it. Now what i do, because I was hoping Mike Hilton would be in, and I'd wear a Mike Hilton jersey cheering for the Bengals. It's not like Breland Speaks plays for the Chiefs anymore. It's not like Dexter plays for the Chiefs anymore. <laughs> it's not like the Chiefs anymore.
1: I got a Dexter jersey if you want.
2: <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. A Dexter I, I, I got, Well, you probably were like an extra medium.
1: I got it as a as a Christmas gift from uh that's amazing. From an ex-girlfriend's family for Christmas. Oh shout out to them. I mean it's like legit too. It's like stitched. Oh and wait, everything.
2: no, no, no. If you got a Christmas gift from an ex-girlfriend's family, that was down the road. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was. Oh, sounds like a hot button topic. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the. Di- We're not going to. But I want to talk
1: about the. Dynamic no, it's fine. This. It's still pretty cool because because her grandfather still hits me up to ask about what's going on with recruiting and stuff. So it's it's fun.
2: I don't know how I'd feel about that. Well, grandfather's different.
1: I guess there's like a line. Yeah, he's things. he's he's a great guy. It's fine. It's all it's all love. But so what do I do? Any anyway, overbearing fathers like
2: relax no we're not doing that i'm asking you what do i do because i'm going to a super bowl party oh super bowl party organize, and i'm excited about it i love the super bowl it's like my second favorite um, holiday of the year behind christmas
1: are your kids going or is it just just adults tbd tbd oh okay if the kids aren't there i'd say just get really drunk and yell about commercials
2: do I put on a Jason Witten jersey? I still got an authentic Jason Witten jersey. <laughs> I've got a Demarcus Ware jersey. A Jason Witten,
1: almost almost the head coach at Lipscomb Academy, but
2: they hired Kevin Mawai. I've got a Roy Williams number 31 jersey. I've got an Emmett jersey, but that was like <laughs> back when I was a kid, you know? I can't squeeze into that, that thing no more. I almost said uh, Um What do I do? I, I mean, want to just... cheer for AJ, but he plays for the friggin' Eagles. That's fine,
1: man. That's kind of what the NFL is to me. It's like just players, like you just it's like not players. To me.
2: It's not to me.
1: I did not but, enjoy but football just, but just year. for this, just for this night, you can put the Eagles hatred aside and and cheer for a guy that. I mean, I guess you you personally know AJ. Like you, I mean, man, I, I, I knew him when he was. You're, old, not, you're yes. not
2: friends, but
1: like, yeah. yeah, like, oh yeah, I used to cover him. He's a nice guy. Like you I texted him
2: one time to try to get him on the podcast. He didn't respond. I said, oh okay, I guess that's over. <laughs> I'd love to have A.J. on. I've got so many questions. I want to talk about the recruitment everything. i got so many questions for A.J. I want him to win a title because he deserves it. He deserves it. And and the most I think about with A.J. is when all the shit hit the fan with the uh, NCAA investigative case. And everybody was freaked out because the NCAA had just done the unthinkable. Something that hadn't been done in a decade, if not longer. Allowing kids to leave Ole Miss without penalty. This is before NIL. This is before the transfer rules were completely overhauled where kids could transfer at least one time with no penalty. And they allowed all of those old Miss kids, they said, Hey, you're good. If you want to transfer, leave. And you had Michigan's plane showing up on campus with Jim Harbaugh to get Shea Patterson to try to get Greg little. And AJ Brown was the face of the, the entire program. At the IHOP. Yeah. At the what IHOP. A, what a time. It was a circus. It was an absolute circus. I mean, all eyes nationally and locally I mean, they were all in Oxford. They were all in Ole Miss because it was unprecedented what was happening with Ole Miss and the NCAA investigative case. They just hadn't seen it. And it was all negative. It was all cynical. And it felt like every day that Ole Miss fans woke up and they went to a message board like the Ole Miss Spirit or a website like the Ole Miss Spirit. And they were just, like, bracing for impact. What was going to be the thing that punches me in the gut today? Hmm. And AJ, on, that, like, December 1st or something, comes out. And now everybody's copied it. But it was the Wolf of Wall Wall Street oh, yeah. video. Yeah, it says where I'm 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 not effing leaving. And AJ immediately without another play, like before he even played another snap, cemented his status as an all-time old great. The fact that a statue has not been was, signed off on issues. I was not just about underway. to say
1: he's up there with like Tim Elko territory with, yeah. with that with that whole like I'm not leaving, I'm right. staying
2: here thing. For what he meant. For the program at that particular time, one of the most difficult times in modern history at Ole Miss, in almost football, AJ Brown gave almost fans hope again. Gave almost like it, it, also gave him an attitude that it needed to have because it wasn't getting it from Matt Luke. God love Matt Luke. It's not a knock on Matt Luke, but his personality wasn't, oh, it's us versus the world. He was never going to be like that. Or, I mean, and every coach or player says that to, to an effect, but AJ Brown has played as if people were chasing after him for a long time. You know, because he kind of dealt with that in Startville when he came to Ole Miss, and you're leaving Mississippi State's backyard. Yeah. And going to Ole Miss. So he's felt well, like I'm pretty sure coming. it's,
1: I'm pretty sure it's common knowledge at this point that the, you know, I don't think it's a rumor anymore because I'm pretty sure he confirmed it on a podcast. Uh, he was, when he was with the Titans, he went on bussing with the boys with Taylor Lewon and I can never remember the other guy's name. Uh, Will Compton. Form, yeah. Yeah. Will Compton. Um, and you know, basically, to you know, clear the air on the, everybody thought that Ole Miss just bought him, and like, no, like that was Alabama that tried to come in and do that at the end of the day.
2: But nobody every one about of those that. schools paid him. I mean, in Mississippi State. Well,
1: yeah, but like Alabama tried to pull the 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 okey doke at the last minute.
2: Oh yeah, and they played up his relationship with Jalen Hurts because they've been close for a long time since like the high school camp circuit, and now they're yeah, Jalen Hurts used to.
1: Yeah, Jalen Hurts used to come to Oxford and work out with him all the time when he was I mean, at Alabama. Even after,
2: yeah, even after AJ, um, and made his announcement with the Wolf of Wall Street video, like a week or two later, he's in he's in Tuscaloosa hanging out with Jalen, and people are freaking out, going, "Oh, what does this mean?" <laughs> well, what what it meant was that they're friends. They've been friends forever. Yeah. So it's a great story. And AJ, I, I want him. He deserves a title. He deserves a title because he was everything for Tolman's football, especially in like 2018. Everything. The entire program was A.J. Brown, and he wore it with a smile, and he flipped double birds to everybody but Ole Miss and said, this is my squad, and y'all can all kiss my ass. And he went out and bawled the frick out. So I want A.J. Brown to have all the success. And he's one game away, one win away from getting a title he absolutely deserves. And I want to share that with him without being able to, like, actually share it with him. Like, he he doesn't know who Ben Garrett is anymore. He's not going to go, oh, I wonder he how might, he might, like. but he might know thing. spirit Ben is. I know old Miss like this is the time when Eli, when Eli had the same exact problem when Eli and the Patriots played when they were trying to spoil the Patriots perfect season. And they did the David Tyree catch. I'm wearing my Cowboys gear and I'm in college. I got a buddy of mine. Who's just as much as a Cowboys diehard as me. His name's Russ. And we're freaking going crazy every time Eli does something great. But we came into it telling our friends like, we hate the giants. We can't cheer for the giants. So we jump up in the air when he make a ridiculous play and then come down and go, oh, shoot, darn. I wanted the Patriots to stop him there. I could do that. Everybody's kind of in on the joke, you know? Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. Ben's against the Eagles. Well, I am against the Eagles, though. Like, my heart is in the right place. I freaking hate the Eagles. I hate the Giants. I hated watching Eli destroy the Cowboys. I hated it. He's responsible for, like, one of the worst memories of my Cowboys fandom when he came to Dallas after – 12, 13 win season, the Cowboys were the number one seed and beat them on his way to a Super Bowl. Like I hate Eli Manning as a giant, but I love Eli Manning because he's one of my Mount Rushmore of Ole Miss Rebels. So what do I do? Mike Hilton was going to be the easy one, easy out. Because Mike Hilton might be, he might not be Mount Rushmore, but and I hate doing Mount Rushmore, but you get what I'm getting at here. But like yeah. Mike Hilton, he's right there, man. He's right, he's honorable mention. Mike Hilton's you awesome. Wanna, you want to you want to talk about a guy that's probably it's probably impossible to not like him. He's just like, such, such a genuinely nice guy. And what's so funny about Mike Hilton, he's been like this since high school, is uh coaching change happened when Mike Hilton was coming out his senior year and he'd been committed to almost forever. And he didn't know what his status was, but he stayed committed. And I think it was she Free. She free just said, Oh yeah, I'll take Mike Hilton. It was like that. He's like, oh, sure, I need, I need to fill out my class. He was in that 12, I mean, 2012 class that was small and not highly publicized but it was so critical. Like I think, let's say they signed 16 kids, 17 kids. Something crazy like 14 of those 17 kids contributed to winning in a meaningful way, which is unheard of. The hit rate for that 2012 class was nuts. And it wasn't because, oh, and Hugh Freeze gets credit for it. Oh, he signed Mike Hilton. He kept Mike Hilton, who was committed to the previous staff. He used to nutting them. No, he just t- took him because there's no one else to take. And then he becomes one of the greatest Rebels ever, and he's been like that his entire career. Goes to the NFL undrafted, balls out for the Steelers, gets a contract, a new contract with the Bengals. He's played twice, like a game, a win or two away from him winning a championship. So I would have just as much celebrated Mike Hilton because of what he meant for Ole Miss football, and he got these embodies. He's always exemplified. I think this is why he's an all-time fan favorite. Like Mike Hilton has always exemplified that underdog status for Ole Miss because he was treated that way. Should have been because he's mm-hmm. a baller. A little undersized, but he's a baller. But he's always been treated that way. Same thing with Ole Miss. Feels like don't get the credit you deserve, so go show it. Go prove it. Go do the thing. So it was going to be so easy to cheer for Mike Hilton, but now it's the Chiefs and the friggin' Eagles. And my favorite Ole Miss player, my favorite Ole Eli, Archie, Chad, Dexter, Patrick Willis, A.J. Brown, my guy is in the Super Bowl. I want to cheer for that guy. I, I got interviewed for, by the Tennessee Titans for a documentary about A.J. Jeffrey Simmons. It's on YouTube. Oh. Yeah. I mean, my, my fandom for A.J. Brown, and you're supposed to be professional in this business, not really. What we do is silly. It's like TMZ for sports. So this is whatever. I don't give a shit about the journalistic stuff. I loved A.J. Brown as a football player. Great dude, too. Cool as shit. But love A.J. Brown as a football player. And this is like the dream come true, but also my friggin' nightmare because he's with the friggin' Eagles. Like, What do I do? I can't go put on a Dexter. Jersey Dexter's not on the Chiefs anymore. What do I do? The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills, so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends. Knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed. From NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: It's a new year. And that means setting new goals for yourself and your family. And there's no better time to throw financial goals into the mix. Because the past year has been stressful for lots of people, me included. So why not take this opportunity to reevaluate where you are financially and where you want to be down the road? And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group and wants to help you set your financial goals and work towards a more secure financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186 for a no-cost consultation. That's Thomas Chandler at 662-296-0186 to get started today on your journey to financial health today. I got it. I'll just wear an AJ Ole Miss jersey. Yeah, there you go. And live stream it. Problem solved. Crisis averted. Man, our long national nightmare is over. We did it, folks. Proud of us. Now, this
1: is a great great segue because you mentioned him already. And I did want to, I did want to ask you, but you'll probably just be like, I'm not shocked, and we'll move on. But I was talking to some friends over the weekend, and um, a lot of buzz out of Auburn for their junior day, and they're getting a good start to their 24 class and recruiting well. And a friend of mine was, was like, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to. Um, oh, it was, uh, I believe it was Austin Gray of uh, Hit That Line Fame. Uh, he was like, I'm really looking forward to all the national college football riders that are going to start talking about how Hugh Freeze is just a, just a master recruiter. And whoa, oh, he's just, whoa, he's just whoa, building whoa. these relationships <laughs> immediately. As soon as he got to the planes, uh, whereas like when it was at Ole Miss, it was like, ah, oh, he's just paying players. He's not doing anything special. He's just paying them. Yep.
2: That's why they're coming to Ole Miss. Yep. Won't hear you know that so now. Funny? You know what's so funny? Shouts out to my buddy, Neil, Neil McCrady. Dan Walkin, man, he couldn't stop. He can keep, take Ole Miss or keep Ole Miss <laughs> off his lips for years because he doesn't have any real sourcing. He doesn't. He's just a national commentator. It's great work if you can get it. Get like $60,000, $80,000 for a national job at USA Today with very little oversight because that's what this business is now and just comment on things. But credit to him, it's not like he didn't do the work. I mean, he built up an online profile back then. It was like the only thing that mattered to get a national job was what was your, how many Twitter followers did you have? So Dan Wilkin loses his job at the Commercial Appeal, and because he has like eighty thousand followers on Twitter, he gets hired at USA Today. But he but it gave him a platform, it gave him legitimacy. And so Dan, whenever he would get questioned for his bullshit, like, hey man, are you not just a, being a mouthpiece for Tom Mars, the lawyer who was trying to attack Ole Miss and get all Ole Miss's kids free release to go wherever the hell they wanted to go, or suing Ole Miss, just frivolous bullshit. I mean Tom Mars is his ambulance chasing his ambulance chasing gets still mm-hmm. doing it. He built a brand on it. Hey, and all this world is about now is getting that money. So get that money. But Dan Walken was his guy. And he would give Dan Walken just quote scoop after scoop. I remember um Dan Wolkin, and you had to pay attention to this like locally. Anytime a national guy would say, I got some news coming about Ole Miss you're like, God, what is Ross Bjork not told me now? Right? What if we not report all now that's coming out? Because we're not just being honest about this thing. This whole mm-hmm. process, this NCAA investigative case. And he built it up all day. This is when I followed Dan. And this is what I knew he was a joke. All day, breaking news coming tonight on Ole Miss' NCAA investigative case. It's coming, folks. t Two hours until Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case breaking news to announce that Deontay Johnson was transferring. That was it. That was it. All day. And he has not broken a single story. That's the one story he's broken in what year was that, 2016, whatever? So in six years, seven years, it's 2023 now, seven years. What else Wait. is Dan, quote, broken? And that used to be what oh, mattered.
1: Deontay Anderson. Know.
2: Deontay Anderson. Sorry, would I say Johnson? Okay. There you go. Yeah. Four-star coming out of high school but didn't do anything at Ole Miss. I completely forgot about him. It, com- it happened. I mean, the guy Deontay went viral Anderson. for getting trucked into another dimension. Like, what Deontay, God bless him. I don't know him personally. never got to know him. <laughs> but what he'll be known as at Ole Miss as far as his career is not jumping out on signing day of a plane and announcing Ole Miss, picking Ole Miss. Which like is Texas arguably
1: and... one of the best videos ever.
2: Awesome. Awesome. But you have to remind people of that. Like, we're reminding people of that on this podcast. What is he remembered for? Is when he got sent into another dimension by Leonard Fournette. Sent to an early grave. Buried. Like there was this meme that came out where Leonard Fournette hits Deontay Anderson and he gets trucked backwards, like he'd been shot, and a grave opened up.
1: Didn't he get the? um, I don't know what the meme is called, but that treatment where the something happens and then it's like, and then it's like you're getting thrown into space and like thrown across, like
0: yeah, yeah, he
1: got he got that treatment too. Yeah, or it's like just him like photoshopped like barreling through all these different backdrops yeah it was yeah, yeah. yeah. it sucks because yeah i mean what seriously one of the best commitment videos ever like easily and i top was also 10.
2: convinced because of how good he was recruiting profile wise that he was stepping in to be a monster right from jump street i was like I mean, oh yeah everybody everybody Anderson sean taylor you know oh that's
1: r.i.p that's high praise yeah, that, that's, uh, but I that's didn't really, status.
2: That that was more because uh, I made lazy comps because I didn't pay attention to actually what they did or what they were as prospects, and I just saw four stars, got them over these. Days. Oh, oh my God! Whoever's your favorite safety of all time? Mine's Sean Taylor. All right, but let's Ed say Reed. Uh, Ed Reed. He was Ed Reed, but he looked he didn't he looked more Sean he's, Taylor he's, than
1: Ed Reed. He was bigger than Ed Reed. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah.
2: And really, he was poor man's Otis Reese. Like he wasn't even Otis Reese. <laughs>
1: Thick, Otis Reese.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thick. With two Cs. Yeah. He wasn't any good. But that's, I'm not. this is not a Deontay Anderson clown podcast. Point is, he was just a player. Just a player on a team. An innocuous player. And Dan set it up. all will break you. He's, he's not broken a single other story in seven years. Because Tom Mars isn't there to hand it to me. Like, oh, thank you very much. I would part this for you today Whatever, Dan. So, Neil comes out and calls him a douche in front of God and everybody on Twitter, which I didn't even know we were still, like, clowning Dan Wilkin online anymore. That's still a thing, man. I dude, I, need, I didn't you, get the memo, and I'm pissed. He you makes know? it very easy. Yeah. He's dead. He's a freaking clown. I remember, like, the funniest thing, I took my twin brother with me to uh, a football game. And um, we had to make a stop at the press box. I had to run up there, drop stuff off at Chuck and Jeff. And so we're up there, we're visiting before we go down to our seats because you can't, like, bring a family member into the press box and watch a game. So we're just chilling, saying hello to everybody, dropping some stuff off with Chuck that he left and with Jeff, who was with us in the spirit of the time, and I was going to leave. Before we do, Stevens looking over was like, who, who is that? And that's Dan Walker. And, I mean, we probably spent a good, man – I'd say half the first quarter, so it's a good chunk of time just visiting with people, you know. And thank, thankfully, the people there at the uh, Cap One Bowl could not be nicer. But it. it's not like so, like a security camera said, "Hey, you got to get out of here." They just let us talk to our people, and then we left. They trust that they we're going to leave, and we left. But before we did, Stephen goes, "Who is that?" I said, "Dan Walken. He said he spent this entire quarter staring at his Marriott points and talking about his Marriott points because Stephen don't know any of these people. He's just hanging out with me while I'm talking to Chuck and Jeff and all these other people. He's just kind of standing in silence. He watches Dan. And Dan apparently just been like, oh gosh, I'm my Marriott points. I just don't know what I'm doing about my Marriott points. You know? This is Dan. He's irrelevant. Well, but there Dan was your was first clowning. there was
1: your first sign. He uses Marriott like a bum. Well, there goes Marriott as a potential sponsor. We're, this hey, is this is a
2: Hilton, this is a Hilton podcast. We're not Hilton. Gonna lie. In, this,
1: in this house, we stand Hilton.
2: I'm not gonna lie, I'm right there. I I'm I'm so impressionable and stupid and gullible. I bought a timeshare with Hilton Grand Vacations, but I've actually Hell loved yeah. it. So I own a property in Myrtle Beach that it can like take, I can take with me to oh, Orlando. Myrtle to Beach. Yeah, it's fine. I've never been to Myrtle Beach, but I've been to Disney World a lot. Go Merman, right? Anyway, anyway, what I'm going to do is wear an AJ Brown Old Miss jersey. That was a lot of things to say. Dan Walker still sucks. Um, and I will wear an AJ Brown Old Miss jersey. Yeah. One of my favorite recruiting stories, well, of all time, which kind of plays perfectly for this podcast. Aj Brown, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. His, his, his recruitment is one of my favorites to ever talk about. Oh, I will say this as we're talking recruit, we got to get to it. Chris Jones is awesome. It's absolutely dominant. The in-state kid who signed with Mississippi State, but almost signed with Ole Miss. He was like a three-star his entire senior year up until that December, and at big, the Minnesota big games, furniture guy. Stop at the missile game. I don't begrudge kids for getting the money. I mean, but I do begrudge the adult I mean, no. who try to cast aspersions well, and they, we know their process, but we ain't snitching on some shit because it's not that big of a deal. And now everybody, I mean, didn't, they, didn't they literally,
1: didn't they literally kidnap him and hold him in a church? So he couldn't go to Oxford.
2: I can neither confirm nor deny,
1: <laughs> but I was first, talking with, I was talking with somebody last night about that. Now I know ifs and buts, candies and nuts and all that crap. Um, the potential of that defensive line signing class at one point, it looked like Ole Miss oh, was going to get Robert Robert Kimdichi, Chris Jones,
2: who did Auburn. Uh, who signed with Auburn? I can't remember his name. Oh, it was
1: uh, it was Elijah Daniel and no, Carl Lawson. Carl right. Lawson was more of a pie in the sky, but they were. I was talking about Elijah, Elijah Daniel. Daniel.
2: Yeah, because like me I mean, and Yancey did, the, dude. did our, like we used to do recruiting predictions before every signing day. It was only in February, and there were eight guys and I went seven for eight, and he went seven for eight. We would have gone eight for eight, but Elijah Daniels somehow did not happen. I mean, it was done. That was back when you knew exactly what was done and who was done. And Chris Jones, I'll never forget it, the weekend he came to Oxford. And we're reporting it. Neil and Chase are reporting it. I mean, we have this. Both of us have this. And we're putting it out there, and Steve comes and goes, No, 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 no. Chris Jones is not in Oxford, Mississippi. He's all Mississippi State. Wrap him up in maroon and white. And I'm staring at a friggin' frat <laughs> party picture that a buddy of mine sent me, and that I which fraternity house was it? Oh, I can't remember. But whoever it was, shouts out, "You almost got old Miss, Chris Jones." <laughs> yeah, like he was. Yeah, he, he was, had a great time. He was in time. the, he he was was in the only, library. I saw him at friggin' chicken on a stick while Steve was still saying, "I'm like, guys, I've literally put eyeballs on the guy. I've seen him here." Unless I don't know what who Chris Jones is, which I do because I was at the Miss Al week. But he blows up and becomes a five star in a month. He was a three star all year. And Hugh Freeze and then Well, he went two, to
1: Yeah, he went to Miss Mississippi, Alabama game, dominated, and then got the late um offer to the Under Armour game, and then went down to Orlando and just destroyed everyone. Everybody. And then it was like,
2: okay, yeah, five star. Yeah. I mean, it was so obvious that everyone felt embarrassed that he'd been a three-star three for all year. Because, like, you know what the five-stars look like if you've been in this business for any length of time. You go out there to an Elite 11 camp. or No, not Elite 11. Just pick up an innocuous friggin' junior day, and you can tell who the stud studs are. I mean, it's dummy proof. Everybody knows who the stud studs are. And I remember yeah. when Chris Jones, they were like, what, did we just not pay attention to him? Maybe State had been hiding him. I don't, I don't know. You know. I've heard some of that.
1: I mean, he was at – you know Houston High School is not a huge program. What you're
2: talking about, like
1: state, and everybody is, had like heard rumblings about how good he was, but it's like, well, who's he really play?
2: And then he goes to all the All Star Circuit, and then just destroys everybody. And good on state, they were doing what they should have done, but like they tried to hide him as long as possible. And they did till December, and he still ended up somewhere almost going somewhere else because he was, oh wait, I don't have to just go to Mississippi State. Alabama <laughs> wants me to, so my coaches yeah. and all the people around me. Uh, that obviously have been conspiring to keep make me to go to state. Oh, wait, Alabama's a part of this too. Ole Miss is a part of this too. And he goes to Ole Miss, and, and, and Hugh Freeze and them kicked ass in that recruitment. They really did. They deserve a ton of credit for that. They almost got Chris Jones when they had no business getting him. It did lead to a very weird story, though, when Chris Jones at Mississippi State was like, yeah, I still talked to Hugh Freeze on the phone. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Which, to this day, I still don't know. I can't make heads or tails of it. I don't know. I don't know what I think of that. Friendships are great. <laughs> but, I mean, the dynamic there was weird. Why are y'all still talking on the yeah. phone? Like, he's not your friend. But either. Chris Jones is – I said this last night to a group of friends watching the game, and I'm going to get absolutely torched for it. I know it because I know how my dad's generation feels. The biggest old Miss miss of all time, Peyton Manning, for them, if at worst – Chris yeah. Jones, Chris Jones, not Arch Manning. Nobody else. At worst, Chris Jones is our generation's Peyton Manning. The Peyton. I'll Manning give you Old mess. I'll give you another one
1: that I was actually talking about this the other day. I uh, don't know how it came up. I wrote about it at a at a previous uh, establishment that I was employed at. Um, you could probably Google it and find it.
2: It's Rebel Grove. It doesn't matter. Why no, no, are you no, no not that
1: one. It was re, it was right. Red Cup Rebellion. Oh. Um. I think probably because of the ramifications, and I'm talking like hardware ramifications, if Ole Miss gets it done and signs Frank Gore, yeah, that 2003 team wins the SEC, and who knows what happens. Yeah, um, maybe
2: because Eli did have Tremaine Turner. And I like Tremaine Turner a lot, but it was like Tremaine Turner and Vashawn Pearson from Ripley. I've got a great Vashawn Pearson story. Like, I was obsessed with Vashawn Pearson growing up. I oh, they were good Albany. running backs, but they weren't awesome. Frank Gore. They weren't Frank Gore. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they probably get Roscoe Parrish too, because they were both in Oxford hanging out with Eli Manning. And but, then, but like
2: before Miami fell into its malaise that it's been that had been in until Mario Cristobal got there. Well, some others tried, but you get what I'm saying. That was when Miami was running still pretty hard, pretty well, like pretty efficiently. So, oh, dude, that running Roscoe... back room when he was yeah. there.
0: Yeah.
1: Willis McGahey, Clinton Portis, and him. Yeah, it was a wrap. And then Najee Davenport was like a quote-unquote fullback. I mean, they were loaded.
2: But but missing Chris Jones, the the, the point still stands. It's the same oh, yeah. as far as equivalence to how it impacted winning or, in Ole Misses case, losing as Peyton Manning for my dad's generation and for you, Frank Gore. Chris Jones is that for me. Because imagine yeah. that class with Laquan. That was Laquan, Laramie, Robert Kimdichie. <sighs> Dude, it's a wrap. Here's my only question about it, though. And then we'll move on, all right? Let's assume that Ole Miss got it done. Georgia could not let Ole Miss – like, it it was so pissed about Laramie Tunsil was Georgia. Because they got outworked? They could not let it go. Could not let it go. It had to be nefarious because that was when, oh, Georgia, if it wants a Laramie Tunsil, I mean, that's the best of the best. There's no way that Ole Miss can beat us for, for Laramie Tunsil without doing something nefarious. Now, if we want to say letting Laramie sleep on Chris Kiffin's couch is nefarious, well, sure. And there's going to be somebody out there that go, oh, he got a car. Well, shit, he was getting a car from everybody. And it wasn't yeah, like he on. got a good one at Ole Miss. I mean, how many how many Dodge Chargers over there at Alabama are
1: chilling oh, he, because of
2: recruiting promises?
1: Well, he had $17 spaghetti, too. So.
2: so, really, what they got hit for, what the NCAA, you know, quote, could prove, which was bullshit to begin with, was him sleeping on Chris Kiffin's couch for some reason, like during a recruiting trip. Oh, no, God forbid. I was going to say, who cares? Who gives a shit? Who cares? (laughs) But they couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand the thought. (laughs) Like, it's impossible because back then, that was the thing, impossible that Ole Miss could beat Georgia for a Laramie Tunsil, the best of the best. Now, no one really bats an eye, and you made a good point earlier. Hugh Freeze at Auburn, he's getting all these guys. It's not, oh, Auburn's Auburn's, uh, doing something crazy. They're paying all these kids. They're giving them cars. No, what is it? Man, Hugh Freeze is doing just, a great job at Auburn. Because they just – their own biases, Auburn's supposed to do that. Ole Miss has never – They're just, doing, never, it, they're just no. doing
1: it the right way, Ben.
2: Yeah, they're doing it the right way.
1: As God intended
2: it. Yeah. Now, Ole Miss and the portal – no one said a word about Ole Miss and the portal. This portal success, which this class, which everyone was scared about at first until the quarterback run happened. Number six in the country, according to on three. And no one out there nationally, Dan, Wilking, well, anybody are saying anything about it. Oh, because Omus can pay for it. Oh, they, yeah. Well, because they can just raise money now. That's their dismissiveness. Yeah. So Georgia so sh- was like that. So she about that. Yeah. About Laramie Tulsa. It's like they're knocking you for being good at something, for aspiring to, to accomplish the goal of getting good players and winning. Yeah.
1: Because they it's... believe
2: in some like biased hierarchy in their brain about where Ole Miss should be, to which I say, F off. <laughs> that that like you elitist dick. I'm getting carried away. Point is this: Georgia couldn't stand it; could they hated it, and they went after Ole Miss. If they would have gotten, had Ole Miss gotten Chris Jones and Larry would not like that motivated, which was already motivated enough. I mean, Steve just spent every night pouring through records just to get anything. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, he, he says he's a journalist. The TMZ stuff was Hugh's personal life that should not have been aired. Steve aired that. That's what he quote, you know, brought out into the open. There wasn't some like pervasive recruiting culture. It was Hugh's personal life, which I would argue should have been off limits, at least. I mean, because it just it was bad form. At the least, it was bad form, right? Yeah. At the least, bad form. Still, that had nothing to do with his NCAA stuff. It became part of the narrative, whatever it was. Had you? Yeah. They were already motivated enough. You get Laramie and Chris Jones. Oh God, Ole Miss would have never survived. <laughs> it's just oh, a, dude, they did know yeah. coming back.
1: There would have been an an FBI investigation right? into it. The CIA would have been oh. camped out in Oxford.
2: Oh my God, Donald Rumsfeld and Condoleezza Rice would have been storming the gate. <laughs> Gandhi. Mean, yeah, she's like running the Bronco search now. Just Denver a, Broncos. She's like a part of their front office. Uh, just a awesome, just a
1: talented individual. She so wears many hats.
2: Chris Jones. It, and if it's a hot take, let me know on Twitter at Spirit. Been on the Ole Miss Spirit. home dot com and Philadelphia bone three in the on the message board. Sign up and tell me I'm a dumbass. I don't care. Tell me the truth. I want some truth. All right. I say Chris Jones is our generation, our Ole Miss generations. Peyton Manning. And that's another thing
1: that I tell living in Nashville, and and I knew a lot of Tennessee fans anyway. But just being here and meeting more Tennessee fans and being around them more, it's always nice to like remind them, like, hey, you you need to, you know, send a Christmas card to. Well, I guess they can't anymore. Send it to the Brewer family, but the that's why Peyton Manning went to Tennessee because Ole Miss was on probation.
2: That wasn't all. Well, but I want to do a whole, all, but po- I want to do a whole podcast on that. We should do like a documentary series podcast. But I mean, Archie was basically like, "Don't feel like you
1: have to go there because I did." Like, go where you want. Like, I don't want you to go there because you can't play in the postseason.
2: Look, man, I'm coming up with more gold content for us, and you just breezed right past it. We should do a documentary. I watched the Redeem Team finally last night, and man, oh, it's very good. You talk about some sentiment- sentimental stuff for your boy. Oh my god, dude, the I was obsessed
1: with the Redeem Team. The whole clip of Kobe with Pal Gasol wanted to cry.
2: My favorite. Well, I was part, just talking. I favorite. was just
1: talking about when he was like, "I'm running." Oh, I know. He said, that. "I'm gonna run <laughs> through Paul's
2: effing chest." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I know. He's talking about like, but, like that's dude, why I love Kobe. Incredible. They talked about the, this like you got Carmelo and LeBron and D Wade talking about how Kobe got recruited to come be a part of Team USA after they'd all kind of come together to be the Redeem Team, and he keeps to himself. He's not one of those – like, they all go out to uh, Vegas. They're in Vegas training. And one night, Kobe's been here for a couple of days. But they decide, you know what, screw it. We've, we've been going at it really hard. Let's go have a night. So, they go out to Vegas. They come back at like 5, 36 in the morning from a night out partying in Vegas. And they meet Kobe in the lobby. And like, Kobe, what are you doing? Because I'm going to the gym. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, man. We'll see you at practice later. Like, Carmelo's like, dude, 4.30 is too early. I'm going to sleep. (laughs) I said I'll see you at practice. But then LeBron starts going with him in the mornings. This is not like mandated, scheduled by Team USA. Then LeBron starts going. D-Way starts going. And Carmelo, from his mouth, says, we got on Kobe's schedule. Kobe was different, man. They just started going, and that became a Team USA thing. And the leadership he exuded, he was cocky as hell. He was not good socially, interacting with people, having friends. He was, like, notorious, or he was famous for saying, I don't have time for friends. I'm I'm, I'm aspiring for greatness. So I'm working for greatness. And a lot of people try to put it off as an act, but it wasn't. Because he e- went to his grave acting like this. It was hard for him to start doing Jimmy Kimmel uh, late in his career to try to, like, have a post-playing career. Because that's not who he was. He just wanted a ball. And so... I would, we need to do that about Ole Miss, except like the Peyton Manning story, the Chris Jones recruitment, and talk to us. If we could get freeze on the record about Chris Jones, for example, like just talking about it openly like this, could you imagine? Like you you miss 50, like you miss all the shots you don't take, correct? So if we didn't take the shot, always know unless you ask. Yeah. Shoot your shot. Of course, we would shoot our shot with Peyton Manning. And you know what? 50 no's and a yes means yes. What if he just finally, or maybe he's feeling good on a Wednesday and goes, Yeah, you know, I'm sure. Do the Eli uh, draft story. It'd be great.
1: One of the best quotes from that, I mean, there were so many good ones, but when Kobe first shows up at like the first team meeting and Coach K is about to get up there and do the whole introduction, and I think it was Carmelo, it was either him or Chris Bosch, you know. They meet Kobe as he walks in. They dap him up. And they're like, hey, man, like, we're really glad you're here. Like, we're so glad you're finally going to be on Team USA. Like, we're we're pumped, man. Like, let's get this done. And, and, and Kobe just, like, didn't even skip a beat, which is like, yeah, I was tired of seeing y'all's sorry asses lose. And just went him. and sat down. Just I love like,
2: him. I love him. <laughs> like, 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 this is what – that's perfect for Kobe. The story about running through Powell's chest. He knew what player they were going to run. He was well prepared. No one was more prepared than Kobe Bryant. He knew what play they were going to run on the very first play of the game. And he knew on that play, the very last screen was going to be Paul Gasol. And he knew he had to be a leader. He can't get up there like LeBron is depicted in this, in this doc. I can't believe we're talking about the Redeem team doc in 2023 on an Ole Recruiting podcast. We're almost there, probably. Um LeBron's kind of depicted as, as the clown, the jokester. Now, he's got a lot of leadership, too, because his comedy and the way he kind of interacts with his teammates allows them to kind of, you know, settle in get comfortable and start Uh to accept the team dynamic. These are a bunch of egos, man. These are the best players in the world. And they're from the entitled era of, oh, you're the greatest. Let me watch your mixtape on YouTube. They've always been the brand. So to be a team, to truly be a team, the team concept of it doesn't matter who gets the credit, we're just trying to win. We're we're trying to get a gold medal. Trying to, like, make the gold medal, which at the time in the U.S. at least – had been diminished, like people didn't take it seriously anymore, and so his comedy mattered. It was awesome because he's up there, like bringing people together, bringing the team together. But they also needed not a it's cliche, but like a bad cop. But Kobe didn't want to be a bad cop, that's just who he is. He's not good yeah. socially, he's he is one track minded, he's trying to win. And Powell, I was reading about Powell last night, and he was saying he's saying it's like. Kobe went to his grave saying, Powell Exalt one of my favorite teammates ever. And they didn't get around, along all the time. And he ran through his chest, like physically, like knocked his ass on the ground. If I did that to Dude, you in that the grocery was... store, you could you could charge me with assault. When... And all Powell said is, he didn't get mad. <laughs> he didn't go, oh, that was bull crap. That's my teammate. Because even LeBron said that, he's like, oh, Kobe, you're not going to say that. I mean, you're not going to do that. That's your teammate, man. Powell didn't do that. He went, he wanted to show proof. I mean, he wanted to uh, send a message. He wanted to prove something to his team. Like, we're here to win. Nothing else matters. And that sounds, oh, whatever. But, like, that's how he really lived. That's who he was. Genuinely lived that way, did Kobe. We could do that for Ole Miss stories. With the Chris Jones story, if we ever got Chris Jones, in my opinion, the Peyton Manning recruiting miss of my generation, if we ever got him on record talking about it on Ole Miss podcast, it would be amazing. Because I have so much questions about the Hugh Freeze relationship. Like, What did y'all talk about on the phone? I mean, did they um, talk about how like awesome The Last of Us? I mean, finally we've got a video game made into either a movie or television series that's good. The Last of Us.
1: Oh, it's. Did, did he call him? Go, hey man! Did
2: you see what happened with Joel and Ellie last night? What did, did they you talk watch, about? So you watched last night's episode? I have, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I want to do like a recap. So good. of good. Season one. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Did that... you play the game? No. The Last of Us game is my favorite game of all time. I've heard it's. I've heard it's a
1: free download right now. It's like the best game of all the PlayStation time. store or whatever. But that, that episode last night could yeah. have been like a short film and win an Oscar.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, that game, that game is the only game I've ever played twice all the way through. And and a lot of people like a lot of true gamers, they'll play games over and over and over and over and over and over. Batman, Arkham Asylum, Spider-Man, whatever. I'm nerding out. I'm sorry. Everybody knows this at this point. You know, I'm a friggin' nerd. It's whatever. <laughs> I just love football. <laughs> um, but that game is the only game I've started and played all the way through, and it's amazing. The Last of Us 2, it was fun, too. It's a little long. I know I know the people that have love it. It's, it's awesome. Every video game I've had expectations for. Doom was a good example of this. Do we remember The Rock did Doom in a movie? And It was oh, horrible. Yeah. They, they've tried to do Doom over and over again. But Doom was an old PC game, and Doom was awesome. So you get excited about Doom, whatever movie it might be that came from video games. Tomb Raider. They sucked. Uncharted,
1: un- uncharted, yeah, that movie. I th- it was kind, the- it was
2: it was kind of it was kind of kitschy, but like it was fine. Hot, hot take. I love Uncharted, but anyway, 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 we're not doing a movie podcast, even though we've talked about nothing but the stupid stuff for an hour. Yeah, uh, <laughs> first time a video game has been turned into something good. Did Chris Jones? Would he call Hugh and be like, "Hey, man, I don't know what it was back then. Was it Sex in the City? Hey, uh." Hey, coach, it's me. It's Chris. Oh, hey, Chris. God bless you. Are you a Samantha? Like, what do they talk about?
1: They honestly probably don't. They probably laugh about everything and how they got away with it. And
2: well, you know what almost got around. away with this weekend? A junior day event. Is that good?
1: No, that was that was that was top notch. Yeah, nice. it was it was a large one and it was all Mississippi prospects, which is impressive. And I think see, and I didn't to... know that's what it
2: was going to be. I'm sorry to interrupt again. I always interrupt you. I'm sorry. It's fine. I didn't know. I thought there was going to be more, but no, it was just Mississippi guys, and there were like 20 of them,
1: 30 of well, them. that there was probably close to 50. Um, oh God. I mean, I would say at least 20 each day, and then there were some some names that weren't on the initial list that yeah. showed up. There were some guys that came back for. I kind of
2: meant each day a double
1: dip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, probably 45 to 50 guys, all Mississippi um i think this is a deep 24 25 class um and there's some impressive guys in 26 um yeah there was some huge targets that were in town for different classes there were some big time names to know um there were some offers that were thrown out you talked to a couple guys it was it was a lot going on
2: your national champions are back for another exciting year of Ole miss baseball show your support for both Ole miss baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday, allocated into your blue priority point total, and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting GiveToAthletics.com donate. That's GiveToAthletics.com donate, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, 662 915 7159. And Ole Miss fans, Morgan Wallen is bringing his one night at a time tour to Bald Hemingway Stadium April 22nd and April 23rd. Tickets for both nights are still available and start at just $78. To purchase, visit MorganWallen.com. That's MorganWallen.com. It seems pretty obvious to me that Caden Daniels, he's definitely up there. He's definitely one that they want. And he's got a lot of big time offers. He's an in state running back. But who else? Because this that was a big list. So, like, who else were the big guys?
1: I would say uh, Caleb Moore out of Oak Grove. He's an edge prospect. 2024 guy. Um, Randall Joyner offered him over the weekend. LSU and Texas have already offered him. He is absolutely a name to know in 24. Um, staying on the defensive line, a 2025 guy that is going to be – probably wanted by just about everybody before it's all said and done. Kevin Otis. He's from Hattiesburg. Um, dude, I am not 2025. man, I, Dude, I know. But I mean, the guy is already demanding attention from everyone. Um, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Michigan, they've all offered him. I, I've, I've had people ask me,
2: I'm not sure if he's related to Jaheim Otis. Thought exercise here, Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. He's a 2025 is this Otis kid. Big-time kid everybody wants. Like you said, Ole Miss had him on campus this weekend. This time next year when we're really focusing on him, will Lane Kiffin be the one leading that recruitment as head coach of Ole Miss?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got like
2: a who road would be recap. The two, who would have the second-best odds? If, if you're putting odds on the Ole Miss head coach to recruit this Otis kid for 2025, obviously Lane's the leading guy. Far and away. Like, yeah. The, yeah, far and away the betting favorite. I would that's say just P-
1: that's just another class down the
2: road. I think so. But we're doing a thought exercise here. So my number two, if you're just doing like Oz for the Ole Miss head coach this time next year to recruit Otis for 2025. Lane Kiffin, runaway favorite. It's not close. You wouldn't make any money betting on him. That's how uh-huh. favorite he is. The number two? Yeah. I would say Pete Golding.
1: Okay. You know who Ooh. I'm going to say? Because We've already talked about it. Oh my god. You're gonna say and Jeremy you laugh. Starbo. You're gonna say it. You're
2: gonna
1: say Jeremy. No, Starbo. no. No, no. Oh. No, you don't remember this? I told you. I said the pipeline is gonna continue from Boca, and it's gonna be my guy Tom Herman.
2: No,
1: no. he's gonna do the rehab stint, he's gonna win some games at FAU. You know what? He's I lost, he's love lost that a lot, idea. he's lost a lot of weight. He's on that hot yoga train, like like Lane. Did I kind of love
2: that idea almost would have given a left arm to get Tom Herman when he was uh, deciding to whether go to Texas or LSU I well I think LSU played it, like played him up just to get whatever um but almost would have given a left arm to get to- the Tom Herman of Houston Dude, he he can recruit he's an offensive
1: guy he's young he's only forty seven. And, I mean, the chops, I mean, offensive coordinator at Ohio State, head coach at Houston, won a lot of but games he, there, he head coach be, at Texas, been in the NFL. The,
2: he wouldn't even be a part of the betting field, Zach. Come on. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. He won 10 games at Texas.
1: 10 matter. and 4. Won a Sugar money,
2: Bowl. We'd all put our money on Lane Kiffin and not make any money because that's what's going to happen anyway. It was, well, yeah.
1: It, it. Yeah, this is just for funsies. Um, Lane Kiffin will be the head
2: coach for that cycle. Um yeah, was it more 2025s or 2024s? Because I thought that there was some stud 2024s. Oh, it was
1: more 24s. Um, but before we get there, 2025 quarterback Emil Picarello was in town. I saw him at last year's Elite 11 regional in Baton Rouge. Very, very, very impressive young quarterback. Um, he is absolutely going to be a name to know uh, in the coming years. Isaiah Autry, 2024 offensive tackle from Itawamba. He was in town, met with John Garrison. Ole Miss really likes him. That was his first time to to meet John Garrison in person since he's the new offensive line coach. Um, big group from Tupelo that was in town. Uh, Tristan Jernigan, um, reached out to a couple of them. Tristan Jernigan, uh, you've got uh, the quarterback Jeremiah Harrell, um, who's got some early interest from Alabama. Not an offer yet, but Alabama's poking around a little bit. Shamar Darden, the safety from Tupelo, he received an offer over the weekend from West Neighbors, the new safeties coach. Um, Jernigan was offered by Pete Golding. Um, P.J. Woodland, Oak Grove. Oak Grove had a big group in town. Um, He received an offer from Lane Kiffin. Um, And then you had, you know, there were some official visitors in from the 23 class. They were mixed in. De Ono, Chamberlain uh, Campbell, and uh, D.J. Holmes. They were all intermingling with these guys during the weekend, but yeah, a huge, huge list. I was trying to get it up before we started the show, but I will have a road recap post of everything that you might've missed over the weekend. Cause the thread over the weekend was, was huge. So I'm going to put it all in one spot so you can see it. Um, a couple other 24 guys, uh, Jeremy Scott, the wide receiver from Callaway, um, got to do some one-on-one time with Lane Kiffin in his office. Um, is a high school that's been pretty friendly to Ole Miss over the years. Malik Heath, obviously, most recently um, in Oxford. So, um, yeah, it, it, that's that, that's kind of the thing here. I know everybody jokes and and wants to poke fun about using Twitter, but you got to pay attention to some things. Like when Lane Kiffin is giving out offers, you pay attention to that. When Lane Kiffin is hanging out in his office with a prospect, you got to pay attention to that. Um, Pete Golding. And Kelvin Bolden, when they are talking, offering guys, pay attention. Kelvin Bolden is the director of recruiting strategy. I, I would uh, venture a guess that that he has a plan for certain things. And then yeah, Pete that's, Golding, that's obviously, black
2: and white as it gets, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and then Pete Golding, obviously the defensive coordinator, um, he's running the defense now. He's in recruiting dynamo that has recruited Mississippi for years. He was at Alabama. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are like things that you need to pay attention to those, those little Easter eggs that are thrown in and around Twitter and, and these recruiting tweets and things like that. I mean, um, we were, we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about before we went on our, our long diatribe in the beginning. But (laughs) I mean, I think you can, it's very, very evident that this is a new, like a, a new resurgence of emphasis on recruiting Mississippi. And I do think it's, Maybe a little tweaked because of, I think it's a pretty deep 24 class. And it's, I think there's a lot of talent in the 25 class, but I also think just Derek Nix is still on, he's still on staff. The guys he's, 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 he's got tenure. He's never leaving. Um, he recruits Mississippi as good as anyone. Kelvin Bolden, another Mississippi guy. He's leading the charge as the director of strategy. And then now you got Pete Golding, who's not a Mississippi guy. He's from Louisiana, but he went to college in Mississippi, and he recruited Mississippi incredibly, incredibly hard when he was at UTSA and when he was at Alabama. So um, I think that this is is no coincidence. It's not just a flash in the pan. I think you're going to continue to see them recruiting more and more guys out of the state of
2: Mississippi. Especially when you consider, like you said, how strong this class is. Talk about Chris Jones for the whole first hour. Camarion Franklin yeah. is that good.
1: Uh he yeah. He I, I I said it in a post a couple weeks ago. He's the the Sunterian Perkins of 2024. Like he is He's different as far as you cannot build. miss him.
2: Yeah, it, he's different as far as build for defensive linemen. He's not Chris Jones in the, in how he's built. He's built like Robert Kubichi. I mean, look.
1: It, it's going to be a knockdown drag out rock fight behind Dairy Queen, but it is why Derek Queen. I don't know. It just popped in my head. Um, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Georgia. I think it's going to be an old Miss Bama fight. He was in ten, he was in Knoxville over the weekend making the junior day rounds. Um, but I think it's an old Miss Bama fight. I I think Georgia's probably going to buck its head a little bit, but this I, it's eerily similar to Sunterian Perkins, where it's just going to be Lane Kiffin versus Nick Saban. Um. He's a four-star right now in the on-three consensus, 25th overall in the country, number five defensive lineman, number one player in the state. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's the guy you cannot
2: miss. Wait a Um, second. Wait a second. He's a four-star?
1: Yeah. We're doing this again? What are we doing?
2: (laughs) It took y'all until now. It wasn't just on three. It was two, four, seven. It was rivals, too. Yeah, It took y'all until literally last week to make Sunterian, who everybody and their mother in Mississippi, not just me Sunterian, Zach, Sunterian, sorry. Sonny P, <laughs> we've been saying it for a year. I've been calling him, saying his name wrong for a year, but we've been saying it for a year that Sonny P is a five-star prospect. Everyone in their mother in Mississippi, not just Ole Miss people. Steve Robertson would say it. Five-star. Cam yeah. Franklin is a five-star. He's a five-star. He's We're probably doing it gonna again. Get, he's so probably this gonna time get there. next year, I'll see you next year, Zach, and everybody listening, because Cam Franklin will suddenly be an on three consensus or just recruiting consensus five star. He's Robert Kindici, yeah. and Robert Kindici was talent. the number one ranked player in the country for that class that almost got Chris Jones, which would have put almost over the top, and that's why he's the Peyton Manning of my generation. Yeah, a um, couple other notable guys in twenty four. Um
1: and i was running through the the post that i'm putting out there that's got tweets embedded in it so i was looking at twitter um but guys that didn't really put anything out in terms of like photo shoots or anything they just kind of were there to hang out and see the staff and talk to them um jj harrell the four star wide receiver from north panola he was in town he was originally scheduled to commit i think today and then alabama extended an offer and I believe the quote was his mom said, you're not committing, we're waiting. <laughs> oh, which is, I, I love that. Um, yeah, don't
2: mess with mom. Floyd Raven taught us that. I mean, don't mess with mom. Oh, mama. boy. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, Braylon Burnside, the white out from Starkville. He's in town, um, or he was in town, I should say. I, I think Ole Miss leads for him. And then Nareel White, um, he is slated to announce a commitment on February 7th. Uh, I think Ole Miss is in a good spot there. LSU is fighting really hard to get him um he was in town and then um a couple other guys terrence Hibbler, jeffrey rush is a name to know defensive lineman from pascagoula uh, i mean fred clark was in town um i believe he's from winona uh yeah i mean it was a who's who list of guys and it was all mississippi which i think you know, it wasn't fully loaded with five and four stars every single dude. But, I mean, there are some guys on there that I think are going to get some ratings bumps after camp circuit, seven on seven, and then some, you know, junior, senior year film being thrown out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, for, for January, and, you know, this is kind of how the portal has changed things because Ole Miss is heavy on the portal with recruiting where and, – and then the signing days have been broken up to where you got December where most people – handle their business. And then February is kind of the leftovers guys that aren't graduating early wanted to wait, but the staff can basically turn most of their attention to 2024 now because they're pretty much done. I mean, they got a couple guys announcing on Wednesday that I think are going to be added to the 2023 class. But other than that, I mean, it's just full bore headed into 2024
2: now. I have three questions. The first one is this. Of those three visitors of, for 2023 prospects that could sign on Wednesday, Ona and also the Edge guys, is Ole going to get any one, two, three, all of them? Um,
1: Yeah, and Jonathan Davis was like a midweek Wednesday, Thursday guy, so right. kind of the weekend but kind of not. Um, right. Cho- I th- choice
2: rank them of who Ole Miss has the best shot at, first being obviously the one that they could get the most.
1: Number one, I would – Chamberlain Campbell. Okay. Right behind him, DJ Holmes, and then I would put Jonathan Davis at three, and then Ono at four. Yeah, four. Um, yeah, he's four. That's the the whole. Now I haven't I haven't talked to him yet. We're going to talk today at some point because he's, you know, traveling, getting back, getting, you know, unpacked, acclimated, all that, ready for signing day. But, um, I don't get the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's Penn State or Michigan State. It, those are the three finalists, Penn State, Michigan State, Ole Miss. Um, I would say, if you made
2: me guess right now, I think it's Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I think Ole Miss, their success in the portal at offensive line, they didn't really need to add anyone else. And they got Ethan Fields and Bryson Sanders at the high school level. Um, And now I I have heard people say that they think, Ono oh, is is a couple years away because he's – great frame really athletic um very intriguing prospect be still a little light in the pants if you will like he's got to put on some good weight um so it'd be kind of a risky scholarship to use so and i'm not saying that i know that that's the case i just think maybe they're looking around either portal or they're just good because of who they got in the portal at offensive line but um i was told earlier today it's 50 50 with jonathan davis um uh, dude, Ole Miss threw everything they had at him for that two-day official visit. Um, did to the pledge th-
2: as much as maybe you'd want them, wanted him to? Have, uh, yeah, it. maybe. Um, I mean, in didn't a perfect get the world. Bump, maybe, maybe didn't get the bump that you were hoping for, even though you had the full-court press on.
1: Yeah, and and I don't know how much of a bump you can get with this close to signing day, and he still took the visit to Starkville. Um, mm, that's fair. That's fair. But it's, it's, it's Ole Miss or State. Um. I know the overwhelming favorite is State, just because other recruiting pundits have him predicted there, and and all signs point to that. But I mean, I know the staff at Ole Miss feels good. They said that they they thought everything went extremely well. They feel like they have a good shot. That was even you know over the weekend. They were still in communication with him while he was in start-wheel. Um, So we'll see. There'll be some clarity next day or two before Wednesday morning.
2: What um, is Paul Jones saying? Because I, I trust Paul. He covers State for two. Oh, I don't know. I love Paul. If Paul's put in a projection, I don't know what they do with there. The crystal balls. I can if they, look. If he, yeah, look and see what he's done for a crystal ball. Because if Paul's put in a pretty solid, if it's like eighty percent, well, by God, that kid's probably going to state.
1: Put in one for at eight
2: eight, eight, eight out of ten. So yeah, okay. When, I, I guess, that, when did yeah. he put that in? Before or after the visit? Told Uh
1: this. Standby, efforting. Um, that was January twenty third, so it was before the weekend. Uh, okay. Um Paul would so the know. two the two predictions are him and Steve Robertson, and they were both the 23rd of January and the 24th, respectively.
2: I don't care about Steve. Uh, I trust Paul. And I'm not I don't trust Paul, like it's not like Paul every prediction he makes for a kid in Arizona or California. He Paul talking about specific in state guys, and this kid is one of them. I trust what if Paul's saying that, then even though you might hear some momentum about Ole Miss, which we have. But when I'm talking about maybe not the bump that you hope to have to overcome what might be a done deal. Down there, in-state kids with State, when State gets its claws in, it doesn't have the same kind of, like, recruiting base as Ole Miss. State can't go national with it. So if there are certain guys that State zeroes in on in-state, they're hard pulls. Now, it's not like they didn't try to do that with Aiden Williams or A.J. Brown or Sonny P. Ole Miss just did a better job. But if yeah. uh, there is some confidence down there about a particular kid, that does give me some pause. So i put him third. Um, and I, I think Chamberlain is but far and away. Like you had him number one. I think that's far and away the favorite right now of who they could add on Wednesday. But my question, second question. If I could do a 1A, 1B, it would be him and Holmes. Okay. Well, see, this is my second question then because I got three of them. My second question would okay. be how many are they going to sign on Wednesday? If I put the over under at three and a half.
1: Uh, I would say under. Okay. I'd say they would want to sign three, so it'd still be under. Because I think they want all three defensive linemen. Okay. Holmes. They would take
2: all of them. Campbell That'll and run. Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think it's under because I think they get two of them. And you don't think they're going to get maybe a surprise? Like if we say Ono um... is fourth and he's an offensive tackle. And he's I think right now, if you made me guess, I don't really know. I mean, but if I had to guess based on the information I have, which is not <laughs> Which is not the end all, be all. I would say Michigan State. So if it's not him, he's the only one outside of edge guys that we know about.
1: I, th- I think It's so. harder
2: with this. With this, yeah, it's harder with this. This coaching staff in terms of know what everybody they're in on. I'm not knocking. It's just it's harder. So do you think there'll be any surprises? Because I don't. I don't know where that position would be. It's not going to be a running back. It's not no. going to be a wide receiver. I mean, offensive line made a lot of sense. Oh no, you know he's a tackle. Yeah. Uh, We've got the edge guys identified, we think. There could be maybe one or more. Cornerback, could be, could be. I mean, Davis Nygbinos is now – I mean, we thought he was going to Tennessee. And now Davis (laughs) is visiting Ohio State and Michigan. Okay. He's living the best life right now. Good on Davis. I've been –
1: coming back here,
2: apparently. I've been
1: copying and pasting this to several people because I've had – I
2: thought he was going to Tennessee. He's
1: enrolled. He's in their database. Okay. So – When this stuff is going on, like I have this pretty well sourced. These, these guys, and I get in the portal and they're going to all these schools that they're talking to and they're, they're thinking about going there. The very first thing that these players and the respective schools admissions department, the very first thing they do is get you enrolled. And it's, can you get in? That's number one. So like when a guy pops up in a database um, now it's different when like I was posting about certain players because you knew they were coming to Ole Miss. It was just, are they enrolled like in the system, right. like in class, yeah. but like Davison and Ben-Oson being in the Tennessee, like student directory or campus directory doesn't mean he's going there. It just means he has been admitted.
2: That's so it's not like a f- really, really good point to make.
1: Like, it's not like foolproof. Like, Oh, it's done VFL, baby. He's running through that power T. <laughs> like no like
2: what's what's vfl for vol for life yeah ball yeah. for
1: ball for life baby yeah, yeah. um yeah so like you know he could still go to tennessee i'm not saying he's not i'm just saying when that screenshot was going around everybody's like oh it's done but then oh no like he's going to ucla he's going to michigan he's going to ohio state like yeah he's gonna hear out every sales pitch but um yeah I, that's gone pretty quiet i mean it, If you're playing the social media game, he's still got Ole Miss in his bio on, I believe, both Twitter and Instagram.
2: So I I know he's coming back. Uh, And that I had that one. Probably Uh, not. Me and Chuck have been covering that one at the Ole Miss Spirit. Well, Chuck far more than me lately. I mean, Chuck's been kicking everybody's ass (laughs) lately. Um, He's
1: got the good belong. on him,
2: man. I don't care who does it. If it's Zach, Ben, Jake, or Chuck, man, as long as it's one of them and the Oldman Spirit's got the information pouring out, man, I'm good. So go to the Oldman Spirit, put them on 3 It's been awesome. Chuck's been kicking some butt, man. And he's been all over Davis and stuff. And both he and I independently, though, are hearing that. Uh, it, it's just there's not any optimism right now. It could still I mean, happen.
1: Dude, if he, if, he, if he can go to Ohio State, you can't yes. blame
2: him. Yeah. I mean, come Especially on. Especially if he's getting a bag, man. Go get that money. For real. Yeah. You never My know, God. man. It's if nothing, I, if I was a talented quarterback. Nothing's guaranteed, man. No. That's what's crazy to me is if you're Bryce Young, man, yeah, you're not going to leave Alabama. But, shoot, you won a national championship. You won a Heisman. You did everything for that institution that – I mean, and more. You went far and beyond what they signed you to do. All right? And there's going to be still some in that fan base that are going to go, no, no, you owe us. You know, you're a traitor if you do this. Bull crap. You, you fulfilled – your oath to Alabama. Why would you not, if you're coming back, which he did? Why would you not just get in the portal just to see? I mean, you've got to capitalize. Now it's just like in politics. If you got some heat, if you're on a heater, a political heater, a recruiting heater, or like a football heater, yeah. you've got to capitalize when 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 the you know stove is hot. And so Bryce Young has never been hotter. Like he's diminished, not not negatively, but like he's not as high as he was. This time last year, Bryce was everything this time last year. Why would you not get into the portal just to see? And you know there's going to, like, it only takes one, just like with 50 no's if we try to get Peyton Manning to do our docu-series that I've pitched and you have Mm -hmm. no interest in doing with me, apparently. 50 no's and a yes. That that sounds fun. Thank you. 50 no's and a yes means yes. Why would he not just see? And you don't think Texas would have dropped like $6 for a year, of Bryce Young? You're crazy if you don't do that to me.
0: Why would yeah, you I not? Mean,
1: I don't think you – I I get people because they're Ole Miss fans and they're mad that they're losing a talented player, but, I mean, come on. You can't be mad at the guy for going and hearing people out when they're no. probably
2: throwing him some some big bags of money. Because, again, Ole Miss, you could, as a as a fan base, as a collective, as a university, if you were that motivated, you could say, well, we don't want to lose Davison and Igbenosin. So let's go get the money and raise the money. It's only about money. It's very black and white. We don't want to lose Davis and Nick Minosin. Oh, he's going to get a million dollars from, I don't know, Tennessee. Uh, that's completely made up. He's playing a hypothetical. That is it's not true. Well, you get what I'm saying? Like, he could be getting a million. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to raise a million too. You could do that. But it, it, you were, you're kind of sticking to the old thinking of, oh, he's one of ours. He's a trader for doing this. No. If you were doing, the, if you were in the same position, if Davison Igbinosin, was leaving Tennessee and potentially coming to Ole Miss, you wouldn't be thinking about, oh, he's a traitor to Tennessee. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be doing yeah. any of that. So it's very black and white. If you want to keep him, you can keep him. But from a player perspective, and they've never had leverage before until now. Like this is the most leverage they've ever had. Mm-hmm. They've never yeah. had more freedom or flexibility. You should yeah. get in. Every one of you should. Bryce Young should get in. C.J. Stroud should have gotten in. Why would you not get in? You owe nothing to anyone.
1: Quinn Ewers got that kombucha money he got and then crazy, said, I'm out. I'm going back home.
2: <laughs> he got crazy money. For, and he got crazy money coming out of high school. Good for him. He did it right. He was at his peak money-making potential, and he cashed in with Ohio State. He's at his peak money-making potential at the advent of the transfer portal and quarterbacks, mm-hmm. of course, because it's always the most important position Immediately when the portal opens up for the first time ever, everybody wants a quarterback because we've never done this before. So let's get the best position. And Quinn Ewers gets in. And, like, Quinn Ewers in this class, this quarterback transfer class would be the top guy too. So it's not like he wouldn't be still a coveted guy. But everybody – like, he was the entire national story. Oh, my God, Quinn Ewers is in the portal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he secured the bag at Texas too. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Good for them. That's what you should do. I love, I love, and Ole Miss seeing... fans. If you want a good team, just pay for your team. I get, and you don't, might not want to do that. If you don't, I completely get that too. If you say, ah, this is not for me, this is not what I signed up for. My sports were, we were all in this together. It was a shared community, a shared experience. If that's what college football was, it was for that for me growing up. I was out there in the Grove hanging out every Saturday. It was a full day. Yeah. You're cooking, you're hanging out with friends, you're eating. I went to college at Ole Miss. We walk through the Grove. We set up tents. We graduate from hanging out with our friends and family and eating chicken tenders to getting drunk as shit with our friends. We did, I did all these things. If that's what old misses to you, the communal aspect of it. Well, that's not really what the culture is for football anymore. It just isn't. I'm not, I'm, I can't be soft about it. That's just not yeah. what it is anymore. You can still have that same experience, but it is not being treated that way as far as those like in the offices. In the administration buildings, yeah, where the decisions are made, where the decisions have you're not in the room where it happens. Like these people, the, are, that's no, a, that's don't a, do it. Don't that's do a it. Hamilton. <laughs> it is, but don't do it. They're not in the business of, you know. And we're all in this together. We're pulling, you know, the same direction. We're all pulling the rope. One heartbeat, like used to not used to say. That's not what this is anymore. And if you're if you're not comfortable with that or if it doesn't appeal to your sensibilities because you wanted that sentimental, you know, nostalgic factor with it, I completely understand it. I view my sports a little bit more cynically. I just want to win a championship. I just want Ole Miss to win a freaking championship. That's all I want to say. I don't care. But I could give up the growth forever. I could give up, all, you know, everything as far as Ole Miss goes, like that communal aspect that you're obsessed with, going and watching the Walk of Champions every Saturday. I can give that up if Ole Miss wins a title. I don't care. So I, this like fits me perfectly. Oh, I can just pay a million dollars to go get Bryce Young. Okay, sign me up for a year. It's only money. Yeah. So if Davison Igbenosen is in the in, in the portal, I don't begrudge him of that. His coach left. He came from New Jersey to come here anyway. He's not a trader and no one's caught him this. So I, I don't want people to think that oh, Old Miss fans been dumping on Davison. Not at all. Most Old Miss fans get it. But there's going to come a time when the kids you really love gets in the portal and not saying you don't love Davidson, but you, you know you know what i'm getting at here mm-hmm. there's going to become a time when let's think quinshawn judkins i'm not saying quinshawn but a guy that you love like that is going to get in the portal and there's going to be an a, 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 a immediate feeling of needing to react in a way that is negative say uh-uh this isn't cool he's a traitor how dare he do this He's talking to Auburn. He's talking to Alabama. Those are our rivals, our SEC West opponents, our foes. Mm -hmm. That's what they should be doing because the culture has changed. But for me, Ole Miss, you're still in the same playing field. Everybody, the playing field's even. It's just how much money can you raise? So the Quinshawn Judkins of Georgia or Alabama or whoever is going to get in at some point too, and I can go get him, Ole Miss fans, we would throw a party down the freaking square. It'd be bigger than the championship parade for the baseball national title. Well, no, it wouldn't. But you get what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. You're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm I'm with you. Thank you. My last question is this. Is Braylon Burnside, Aiden Williams level good coming out of high school? Because I think he might be. I think so. He's not
1: as thick as Aiden Williams. Um, But I think uh, in terms of a route runner and – like his ex-
2: next level of next
1: level. Potential. Yeah. Like very advanced for a route runner at his age. Um And look, we can't, we, we've got, I don't know how long we've gone on the show, but we have yet to mention um former rebels, Mike Espy, Shea Hodge, those guys and what they do with mesh Academy in Mississippi, the seven on seven training. I mean, crushing it, private training, coaching, everything there. It's top notch. Um, He's been working with those two guys for the last couple of years and it's starting to pay off. um now he's I'm interested to see if he grows anymore. He's probably five eleven maybe six foot now um but a solid 185 like I think Aiden Williams is a little bit he doesn't look as big as he is. um he's a little bit longer, but I think he's probably a little bit heavier, but Burnside is a hybrid. Like he I mean, a lot like Aiden Williams, where he can play inside and out and um has the home run speed. So yeah, I mean I, I could see a because I, I anticipate Aiden Williams being on the field in 2023. And I think Burnside, wherever he ends up, I think it's Ole Miss. I think he's gonna be the same way.
2: So Zach Barry reports that Ole Miss has a um, renewed targeted approach for in state prospects. We're back to hashtag renewed emphasis. There you go. I, I couldn't get there. I don't know what what I was thinking. Hashtag Mississippi made. Oh boy, no, no. All right, are
1: we are we ready
2: to do that again? Yeah, we're done. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. We both write for the Old Oldman Spirit. OldmanSpirit spirit.com and Fit of all Three. Enjoyed it, buddy. We'll do it again. All right, man.